0: Welcome to IVF Tales, a podcast hoping to make the world of fertility treatment less lonely.
1: We want to start conversations about different fertility journeys to empower your decisions and build a community that understands.
0: Each week, we will speak to someone whose journey to having a child has taken a little bit more than a few vodka cruises.
1: We are your hosts, Tiffany and Amy. So, on today's episode, of IVF tales, we're doing a little. Or Tiffany and Joe are doing a little update on their current situation.
2: Yeah, so Joe and I are just chatting it about where we are with our fertility and being uh, pregnant now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Joe's still working really hard at cracking in on our little podcast <laughs> and trying to become a co-host. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Yeah, um, how do you? audition but yeah
1: i think he would be a great backup co-host <laughs> to be honest maybe when you have the baby joke and step in instead
2: <laughs> yeah he could be my maternity leave cover
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um how do you feel um putting this information out there after sort of like interviewing all the people that we have and stuff
2: yeah so you and i've had a couple of conversations about it where i feel like it's been a little bit hard this time i think to share just because I had a little bit of survivor's guilt I suppose that mm-hmm. so we have yep. had like we had a shit time but then we've had a relatively easy time mm-hmm. with getting pregnant so mm-hmm. but yeah and I think the world's just sort of gone to shit as well <laughs> in the meantime yeah condensed emotions and everything's a bit heightened
1: yeah i think um putting it like survivor's guilt is such an adapt way of describing that because i think a lot of people who fall pregnant through ivf treatment relatively easy and and as we've talked to um a couple of our interviewees have said the same thing that you know some people are going to fall pregnant on their first round of ivf like it's going to be easy and you guys haven't even done that you know like you're not this is this was your second round of IVF and, and things like that. So I think that's a really good way of describing it. Like, yeah, I definitely felt that when I felt pregnant with Junie because it was kind of like, oh, okay, it was hard. Like, don't get me wrong, but I was expecting it to be a long, long, long haul.
2: Yeah. And I think it's like human nature to have that comparison of yourself and your own experience to others mm-hmm. and then to feel you know, a bit bad if it's a bit different or that sort of ingrained feeling of my situation is worse or that situation is worse when it doesn't need to necessarily be comparative, like mm-hmm. everyone's having a
1: shit time. exactly exactly. <laughs> so. And I think like the whole comparison's the thief of joy thing is like really true because you sit there and look around and you just spend all day comparing yourself to everybody else and what they're doing and where they're at. I think that's just a slippery slope to be on as well.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: So – but, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you've been feeling a little bit survivor guilty with, with everyone that we're interviewing. Like, we've sort of jumped on this really quickly and um, some of our interviews have been, like, quite intense. Like, their, their stories are quite intense. So – um yeah it kind of makes me think wow like how am I going to feel when I eventually or hopefully if I eventually feel pregnant like am I going to be more anxious because of this or am I just going to be more aware or or whatever so
2: yeah it's definitely yeah an eye-opening
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too
2: yeah otherwise everything's fine
1: cool (laughs) (laughs) life's returning back to normal after covid maybe yeah hopefully <laughs> one day yeah Ugh, I just it feels like such a weird time in the world hey like mm-hmm. it's semi-normal it's semi-not it's kind of like what do you do like yeah. you know I it's just such an odd time to be alive at the moment I just yeah yeah you know
2: I like so. things that are easing up but I feel like a sense of sadness about it as well Mm -hmm. because we have been in like this little bubble Mm -hmm. and so now going back out it's like I don't I don't know how I feel
1: yeah and it's so odd because I don't know if anyone else found this like I found that people like in the shops and stuff weren't even talking to one another yeah and now like there seems to be this more relaxed sense like when you duck to Woolies or Coles or Aldi or whatever and Mm -hmm. like I don't know like I just feel this sense of trepidation because it's kind of like is it actually going to be okay or is yeah. it not? Yep. Like, am I going to get fucking coronavirus? Yeah. And, you know, like I don't want to get it. I don't want to get any flu, but after all the hype of this one, I definitely still don't want to get it. I think I have a very big level of fear yeah. about actually contracting it. So yeah. um, it's just a weird, weird feeling to be out and about and like you know obviously like I still practicing caution and social distancing but a lot of people aren't anymore I don't know if you've noticed that
2: oh I like I barely went out but when I did even in the height of everything there was no social distancing 90% of the time it's
1: crazy isn't it Like like
2: I went to Coles one day And I had $2 in change and I went up to the lady and I was like, can I pay for my bread in cash because I don't want to use my card for $2. I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Just put it on the counter. Meanwhile, the person behind me in line was literally standing to the point where our shoulders were almost touching. Oh, my God. Yeah. like, I'm worried about giving this person a $2 coin. Yeah. (laughs) And you're breathing on me like. Okay.
1: And it's like the whole packing bags business at Coles and Woolies. I was reading that they're going to continue doing that. And it's kind of like, you know, guys, you're not really set up like Aldi. Like, unless you change it so you are, it's going to be really awkward. And I actually, like, I don't actually understand the whole purpose of that, to be honest. No. No. Um,
2: And, like, I remember, I don't know if it was, like, normal supermarkets or just IGA's or what, when, like, we were kids and you would have boxes and you could go – or like to the side like you do at LD. And there's like a bench to pack things. Yeah. Like what the, yep. what are you meant to do at Woolworths and Coles?
1: You fucking get it all in your bags as quick as you can, so you <sighs> just crush everything and that stupid spinning fucking thing. Oh mate, it just makes me angry. <laughs> you
2: write
1: a Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just don't get it. I'm just like, oh my god, you're touching the groceries that I've just touched anyway. So yeah. just use some hand sanitizer. Yeah, we'll
2: just like, I'll, we'll just spray everything with Glen Twenty. If
1: we put it up, then it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, guys. We hope you enjoy listening to Tiffany and Joe's update. Um. If you guys have got any questions after listening to this episode with Tiffany and Joe, um, just head to our um, latest post on Insta um, and pop some questions in there for them if, if you have any um, or send us a DM and they will answer them for you. Cheers, guys. Thanks.
3: Hi, I'm Joe. I am the new host of IDF Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany's got to sit out now. <laughs> Because she keeps cutting me off.
0: <laughs> well, it's actually Tiff and Joe here. Um, we thought we would give you all an update on where we are with our fertility journey. Uh, so I am currently pregnant.
3: About Yay!
0: <laughs> about halfway with a embryo from a frozen stash.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, there's a couple there.
0: Yeah, so we just thought we would just talk about <clears throat> some of our emotions and sort of we delayed going back into have the transfer after a few life events. So we thought we'd talk about that today or tonight.
3: Just a general update on where we are in life and um, where we're heading.
0: Yeah, so we had always planned to have. Children close together. Um, we didn't want too much of a gap. and
3: You always wanted Irish twins.
0: Yeah, which is insane. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now we have a two-year-old. We're like, no. <laughs> questioning whether having another one is...
0: Even sane. Even sane. Um, what... But yeah, so when I was pregnant with... Our first was Harriet. We found out in the February that my mum had breast cancer. Um, and due to a family history of ovarian cancer as well, we sort of had a bit of a oh shit moment of what if it's genetic and like what what are the repercussions of that for our children? And so we sort of once we had Harriet took a step back and yeah,
3: put a put the brakes on. On everything not really having an understanding of uh, what was next especially for you
0: yeah and I think Harriet the timing of everything so mum had her surgery on the 5th of March and we had Harriet on the 6th of March and so she had to you know have recovery from that and start treatment and do a lot of things before she could access the genetic testing and I think even once she did the initial stuff for that there's about a three-month wait to even be tested and then once you are tested there's a then a wait to have your results back so we sort of wanted to wait for that and for me to speak to my GP and find out sort of you know what it all meant when the results came back and Yes. It was
3: pretty crazy as well. Like, it's, from my point of view, like, I would sat there many times, and it's not something that i thought about constantly, as I think Tiff did, but the thought of the possibility that it, it was genetic and that Tiff was carrying the gene, and then... then the possibility then of of Harriet also carrying the gene it was just something that like was heart wrenching as a as a father and then as a husband as well. Like I, I I couldn't see this world without either of you and and I think that was mm-hmm. really difficult for me. Yeah, i would yeah. never tried to go into it too much, but. Like, it was the times when you sat and you did think about it, it was just, it was heartbreaking. And, I, like, I, the gene testing was, like, one of the things that I wanted to happen and I wanted it to happen as quickly as possible, but...
0: It was out of our control. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think we sort of, you know, put any future planning for babies on the back burner while that was all happening and, like, mum's results were negative negative. Thankfully, but like there's still that higher risk there, and I think had we have not been a couple that needed fertility treatment, we probably would have had an, a moment of you know spontaneity where we possibly would have gotten pregnant, just yeah, on a whim, but no, because it was also planned out, we sort of, yeah, wanted to weigh up all our options first, and I think coming out of treatment and then being pregnant and then having that I was struggling a lot mentally as well like I never dealt with any of the emotions during treatment
3: yeah it was very bam 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 like we we didn't have any breaks in between any of our treatments really there was that one break between the the two IVF cycles, but other than that, I wouldn't even call it a break. It was it was six weeks. It was almost the mandatory break that you you had to have yeah. um, between the treatments. So
0: I think like it was just like you lose yourself a little bit when you do that much treatment. Like you. You stop sort of going out and you stop mm. maybe talking to friends that you would normally talk to, and there's no time for hobbies and those little extra things you would do to keep your sanity. So. Yeah,
3: you, did, you really do. You, it's 100% focused on that and, and listening to the stories that have come out since this in the people that you have interviewed on the podcast it it sounds like everybody is in a very similar situation it's it's almost a cult yeah it's it's like you
0: you you become obsessed
3: yeah become obsessed you're so dedicated and you you put all of your your energy and time into this because the end goal is something that we all crave and we all want
0: yeah And I think too, like a lot of the support that you receive during treatment from friends and family, like when you do get pregnant and it's a successful pregnancy, it's like all of that is forgotten.
3: Yeah, definitely. And
0: like you, you're fixed, you're cured. You've had the baby where, you know, you still carry those emotions and I think you're, like terrified as a new parent regardless, but there's that extra level of being terrified constantly that something's going to happen or, you know, it's just hard. But we, you yeah, we sort of ummed and ahed about it for a while and we were sort of moved into action because we received a letter from our fertility specialist saying that he was retiring mm. And basically, if we wanted to have our files transferred, we had four weeks to do so. Otherwise, we'd have to pay something like $150 or $200 for yeah. access to our own records to yeah, be transferred. Yeah, so if we,
3: if we got the access, if we wanted to access our records, we had to pay for it. But if our fertility specialist asked for them, there wasn't a payment. So yeah, it was... Uh, we were lucky enough to, to find a new specialist, yeah. So quite it was, quickly,
0: we just did a bit of googling for a specialist that worked in conjunction with the clinic that already had our embryos, just to make it as easy as possible, I suppose. And
3: yeah, I guess having all of our information transferred over, he he had a, a all of the, everything that we did with our, our retiring specialist. He had him in front of him so he I guess he would have been able to look at that information and see what was successful yeah what we had gone through to get to that point but um I think going in like we had learned so much in that time that we were we were very
0: we basically so we went into our appointment and he asked when we were intending to do a transfer and we sort of went oh you know this date in a few months yeah and yeah he he was like okay and he's like oh so this is what you did last time and we're like yep and that's what we're going to do again
3: yeah
0: you know it worked once so we'll do it that way again and see what happens
3: yeah that's it and he was i think he was he spoke really highly of our previous uh fertility specialist and it sounds like he had a lot of respect for him as well so I think that that was that was really good for for nice. us because we we hit it off with with our specialist our initial specialist, and um, and moving over was was very clean cut. Like yeah. I felt like I felt like I was removed from the situation this time because I felt like with our last specialist to get to you getting pregnant, I felt like we. We were visiting the specialist once a week. Yeah. (laughs) Where I met the new specialist once before we had the transfer. Yeah,
0: so you... Like our previous specialist, it was... We were able to go in quite early in the mornings. Yeah. Um, He was very accommodating and able to do that. Yeah. Um, And like the new specialist was accommodating. He was just a bit busier because he also does... He's an OB, so... He has deliveries and things to do as well, but...
3: Yeah, you had many things going on, so...
0: Yeah, so I went to quite a few appointments on my own just for scans and...
3: Well, that was just in the lead up to, to having the transfer?
0: Yeah, so it was all pretty straightforward. They just did bloods on whatever day of my cycle and we did a ovidril shot again on the day of ovulation and yep. then we went in for our transfer and they... Gave me another ovaryl shot there the I did, and once again we got to get pregnant in a room full of five people. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was all pretty straightforward.
3: It sounds easy. (laughs) It really. What what we're trying to get at is that it all of the hard work was really put in when we went through everything to get our first one. Yeah. When we had Harry. So, like, I think that's what sort of helped us get through this one. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that we had the hard slog first because I don't know how we would have done... Yeah. ...gone through the really hard slog with... um, A child. With a child. Yeah. I I take my hat off to all of those people that are struggling
0: doing full cycles and...
3: Doing it with children and...
0: Managing not only their own lives, but kids' lives and school and all those different things. Especially at the moment with homeschooling and... Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, we sort of... We started testing on like day five, I think, this time. A couple of days earlier than what we did with Harry. And we got... Faint positives straight away that got darker and
3: yeah, we were very I don't know well, maybe not as excited this time more so in the sense that we had tested a little bit earlier with the mm-hmm. home test
0: I think too like we we are more knowledgeable now about what can go wrong and yeah all of those things So we are a bit hesitant and when we when I did the blood test I think I dropped Harriet off at daycare and went and did that and yeah sort of waited for the call and in the meantime a friend who has also had her own journey with fertility treatments messaged me and I was meant to be seeing her and she sent a message saying look I've got to reschedule I'm in hospital I'm sick nothing's you know seriously wrong I'm just I'm pregnant and so I called you crying going there's nothing wrong but yeah so-and-so is pregnant and like yeah it was just a really nice sort yeah. of message to get while we were waiting for our results and then we got our call saying that we were definitely pregnant and yeah it's all been pretty straightforward vomiting those fun things, but...
3: Yeah, it's been uh, a little bit different to Harriet, I feel. Like, you haven't been as sick, I don't think.
0: No, so this time I've just had surprise vomits rather than constant vomits.
3: Yeah, and you haven't been... I don't think you've been as stressed this time either. Even yeah. though we do have a toddler, I don't think the, the whole think, dynamic of it is...
0: I think because of how back-to-back all of our treatments were like I was full of drugs and like I literally it felt like an out-of-body experience because I didn't feel like myself I didn't my body was different everything was different whereas this time my life has continued on
3: yeah
0: instead of being at a standstill yeah so yeah that's where we're at (laughs) with our lives is there anything else you wanted to talk about no <laughs> it's all pretty straightforward
3: yeah no i just think that like i just wanted to obviously reach out to everybody and and sort of let them know where we're at i think it's important for us to to be open and and let people into our lives like others are doing with with their stories.
0: Yeah, I think you also feel like a honorary co-host because you get to listen to episodes when I'm listening to them after Amy's edited them, and <laughs> you feel like a big part of the show.
3: I no, I'm just really proud of you and Amy. Like I, I, I feel like what you were doing is amazing. It's something that we sought. When we were going through fertility treatment, and if it like if this helps one person, I feel like it's done its job yeah, so I um, saw that your your lessons had had ticked over a thousand people, and so like that's that's amazing. the fact that a thousand people have taken the time to to listen to your episodes like i'm um so proud of of both of you. And it just, to me, it shows the example that you girls want to set for your daughters.
0: Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I guess
3: we'll sign off on that, hey? Since yeah. I've been nice to you.
0: Yeah, we can argue now once I stop recording.
3: Okay. Hey, give me the Ben and Jerry's.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> much for joining us today we hope you enjoyed this episode if you like listening to the podcast and would like to share your story we will pop the link in the show notes be sure to hit subscribe so when we release new episodes it lands straight into your listen now
1: if you could also leave us a review for the show that would be so appreciated no words are needed just stars if you're on the Apple app, scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page and tap to rate. This makes a massive difference to our show's visibility and helps us to get our show out and about to others experiencing fertility treatment.
0: IVF Tales is an independent production made by Amy and I. Music is by Vlad Galushenko. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts.